0: You're listening to Coaching for Leaders. This is episode number 63, airing on November 12th, 2012. Produced by Innovate Learning. Maximizing human potential. Welcome to Coaching for Leaders. This is the show for leaders who want to improve themselves so they can better engage and develop others. Whether you're a seasoned leader or leading people for the first time, improving your leadership skills will drive your success, and most importantly, the success of others. This week's topic, practical advice for mentoring. Well, hello everyone, and welcome back for another episode of Coaching for Leaders. I'm your host, and my name is Dave Stohovac we're broadcasting to you from our studio out here in Orange County, California, and thank you if you are tuning into this show for the very first time. This is the show for people who want to become more effective leaders by turning the tables and looking in the mirror and focusing on ourselves first so we can become more effective at what we do and in turn be more effective at being able to lead, influence, engage, develop others, all of the things that we are supposed to be doing as leaders. So if that is important to you, you are in the right place. And today's show is going to be looking at how we can take mentoring to do that even more effectively and use the tool of mentoring in practical ways. Now, you may remember if you're thinking, hi, gosh, it seems like we just did an episode on mentoring. And you'd be right. We absolutely did. So you may remember back uh, in episode number, uh, let's see, it was number 61, Am I right on that? Uh, I hope so. Yep, number 61 was Stella Cohen, uh, our guest, to talk to us about how to start a mentoring program, and today I'm so pleased to welcome one of our listeners, Kurt Alibach, who I'll introduce here in a moment. Uh, Kurt and I sat down about a week and a half ago and talked about mentoring in detail, and I asked Kurt to uh, spend some time uh, with me to do a follow-up from the conversation a couple weeks ago with Stella because Kurt has been in charge of putting together mentoring programs uh, in his career, and he is currently putting together a mentoring program for a very large organization. And I thought the practical experience and advice that he would give us would really be helpful for those of us who are in situations where we either are mentoring now or we'd like to mentor more and bring the value of mentoring to our organization. So today's episode is going to be focused on that. In addition, stick around for the, uh, the piece after the interview, because I've got a few thank yous to give, a couple of announcements, and also just a few other things to let you know about in the Coaching for Leaders world. So uh, without uh, any further delay, then let me introduce Kurt. Well, I'm pleased to welcome as my guest this week, Kurt Alabach. Kurt has been a listener for from this show uh, actually uh, for a while now and Kurt and I've been talking over email over the last uh, few months and have talked by phone a couple of times and uh, Kurt is a people manager in a technology company and uh, he is here today actually to follow up on the conversation that I had with Stella Cohen back in episode number 61 on mentoring and Kurt has some great experience on putting together mentoring programs in the past, but also is now currently putting together a mentoring program. And so I thought it'd be great to bring him in as a follow-up to the conversation we had with Stella and talk in some more detail on how to uh, effectively do mentoring and also some of the practical implications of uh, doing the things that Stella had recommended to us. So, Kurt, welcome to Coaching for Leaders. So glad to have you.
1: Well, I'm excited to be here. You know, you're you're right. I started listening to the show uh back with episode one and uh, have stayed current with it. And I really value the advice you give. And, you know, and you, you mentioned over the last month or so, I've been reaching out to you for advice about how to put together a mentoring program. And I really appreciate the support you've provided.
0: Well, I am glad to. It's uh, I'm always thrilled to hear from listeners and hear what people are thinking. And uh, what, you know, I think one of the things that all of us get in this habit of Kurt, at least I know I do, is I get in kind of my own little world of what I think people want, or I make assumptions on what people need and what people are thinking. And I know anytime I go out and start asking questions of our customers, the people I lead, uh, more than half the time, it's not the correct assumptions that I've been making. (laughs) And so I'm always grateful to hear from people and to hear what you know, people are really thinking because that changes my thinking and then we change direction too. So I'm, I'm so glad to, to have you here. Um, can you tell me a bit about your firm and the team that you manage just to give folks a little bit of context of what you do?
1: All right. Um, I work for uh, the world's largest software company. Um, uh, we have uh, folks that obviously develop product uh, for both consumers and the enterprise. But uh, we also have a services arm that helps our enterprise customers take advantage of our products uh, to really drive productivity for their workforce and, and, uh, you know, really affect and impact the bottom line. And I manage a team of consultants. Uh, My title is professional development manager. And I recruit and train and maintain the readiness of that team. Uh, over the course of of their tenure with our company. And uh, I help with getting them assigned to the right kinds of projects. Uh, I provide them, obviously, coaching and feedback on their performance. And I do their performance reviews and I manage uh, their training and and, uh, those sorts of activities.
0: So a big job that you've got and and you manage a a whole bunch of folks, right?
1: Yeah. Currently, I have uh, 29 people that I'm managing and coaching. 28 that report directly to me and one that uh, uh, reports uh, up to my manager, but I, I do uh, certain aspects of the management for them. But we're also growing. Uh, this is normal for our organization. I don't uh, supervise them day to day in the execution of their job on the customer locations. That's that's work that's done by what we call an engagement manager. Uh, oftentimes supported by a project manager to maintain project schedules and, and task flows. But uh, I do uh, get them onto the engagement. I get them settled into the engagement, uh, and then I manage their performance, get the feedback, and then provide coaching from there. So uh, it's not the typical model of five to one between a manager and employees. We right. I mean, do have a, a large group, and our blueprint is really around 25 to one for this role.
0: And I know your role is uh, ever evolving and changing in the work your people are doing. And we were talking just before the interaction here that, uh, you know, you have a bunch of folks actually on the ground uh, helping out in New York uh, for the aftermath of the Superstorm Sandy going on right now and people flying in on helicopters. And so uh, it's, you know, I know how much you have to be adaptable and flexible in your role, too.
1: Yeah, that, that's uh, you know, a key part of it, and I, I, I'm fortunate that I have a great team of folks that, one, are very passionate about the technology, but they're, they're very passionate about how that technology can be used to create uh, a great value for our customers, whether those customers are enterprises in the commercial space or state-local governments. Uh, our practice is specific around state-local governments, so you can imagine with the impact of the storm, uh, we've got guys helping to restore service uh, in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, those areas.
0: So, so much of your job is really focused on the professional development, helping the p- people to be successful in their roles. So, in some ways, you really are it's setting in and doing you know, mentoring and coaching, probably even more so than a typical uh, manager in a leadership role. And so, I'm curious what challenges that y- you have regarding professional development?
1: Well, you know, I think my biggest challenge is that so much of what my folks do happens outside of my direct line of sight. Uh, I live here in, in in the Florida area, but I have folks that uh, live all up and down the East Coast, and then of course they travel to their customers, uh, and then they may travel, you know, anywhere within the United States in order to to meet the needs of our customers. Sure. Uh, so. You know, it's, it's a very virtual environment. I actually have, you know, I've been in this role now for, for seven months, but I still have people that, that I started with that I have not met in person. But we have a very rich relationship because we, we do make the, the extra effort to communicate on, on a regular basis. Uh, and we use, obviously, the technologies that are available today uh, to do online meetings and, and use voice over IP. Um, and we collaborate in various ways that way. Um, but my biggest challenge is so much of what they do is is outside of my line of sight. And I re- rely on them to tell me what they're doing. I rely on their project managers and engagement managers um, but then I also uh, uh, we have some tooling and some instrumentation that, that that you know builds reports out of some of our systems to help me see you know what they're doing.
0: Fascinating. It, it's amazing how different the world is today and how technology has helped us to really build relationships in ways that we never could have before. you and I would have never talked or met yeah. you know five, ten years ago before podcasting, and you know <laughs> all, some of this connection. I mean, we're talking over an internet connection now. It's really just amazing how uh, you know, how, how things have changed and how we interact with people.
1: It is, you know, I think back to, you know, a TV show I grew up with, a Mary Tyler Moore show where yeah. Lee Grant, the manager was in an office with a window that looked out over the editorial desk where Mary worked. And, and we don't have that kind of interaction with our employees today, do we?
0: Yeah, I know. It's really different. And uh, that's more of the exception now than the norm. Uh it, I understand, and one of the reasons we've been talking, of course, is I know you're implementing a new mentoring program. Can you tell me what challenges you're having, and you know, especially given this distributed nature of your team, because you really do have people all over the place.
1: Well, um, I, I think that's the biggest challenge uh, when. When I was younger working uh, in my first professional jobs, my mentor was someone that I saw on a regular basis that I could have lunch with or dinner with and and build rapport uh, much more easily. You can't do that here. Uh, A lot of our engagements are folks working solo within a customer organization. Rarely uh, are they on a team. And when they are on a team, uh, the team is usually comprised of people not only from Within our practice, but could be people from our global delivery arm,
0: hmm. uh,
1: or people from other practices where we've imported talent to fill specific project-level vacancies. And we share folks between practices quite a bit, as uh, so we keep the you know, the utilization rates high. Um, so distance is is the primary challenge. If I'm going to be mentoring someone, and that person happens to be in a different time zone or in a different state, uh, and I'm having to rely on our telecommunications. Uh, technologies uh, that big, that presents a problem, uh, but also our customers kind of like us to be focused on their needs during the daytime. Mm, so yeah. uh, another big challenge is a lot of this has to happen outside of customer hours, uh, and that just gets compounded when you might be dealing or working with someone uh, three or four time zones away, like in Orange County, California.
0: Yeah, and you know this—it's interesting you say that, Kurt, because I'm I'm finding more and more that this is a challenge in my role in my interactions because a lot of people I talk with are in different time zones too. And a lot of times, you know, if, if I, it's a time that's convenient for me, it may not be convenient for them. Cause they're, you know, uh, with their families in the evenings or the mornings or vice versa here, you know, it's late in the evening on their end and convenient for them, but then it's right about the time I'm putting Luke to bed over here. And so it's, mm-hmm. it, it's really uh, challenging to try and uh, balance a lot of these things these days.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, I was just listening to one of Michael Hyatt's uh, shows the other day about work-life balance and work-life integration, and uh, we find that as an organization, we tend not to maintain a classic nine-to-five kind of day or even a nine-to-five expectation. That sure. Uh, our 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 what we try to do is we try to separate work. From non-work activities, so that we can focus on what's in front of us. But we, I find myself oftentimes, you know, working in the evenings uh, because I'm dealing with people in India or people in, in uh, uh, Australia, or New Zealand, you know, in different time zones, or just dealing with people in California.
0: Yeah, and I've had the same thing happen to me too. Is you know just blocking out personal time, but sometimes that work time sometimes will be late in the evening or early in the morning, depending on the day. Um, Kurt, tell me a little bit about the culture of your company and why mentoring is so important in the work you all are doing.
1: Well, you know, our culture is one of, of you know really mutual support. We realize that our product base is so diverse uh, that our customer needs are so diverse. Uh, and, you know, and, and the, the technical complexity of especially some of our enterprise products is so deep that no one person can be expected to to know it all. And we, we're we're constantly challenged when we go work for our customers. They're used to sourcing uh, consultants from other organizations uh, that are just really staffing or body shops, uh, and and. They're used to seeing the individual and building a relationship with the individual. And with us, you really have to build a relationship with with our firm. Um, we have the depth to go all the way back to the guy who who writes the code um, for the product. So our our advantage in the marketplace is our, our networking and our depth to reach back to you know that level of expertise with the product. Sure. Uh, and as a result, we've developed this this culture. You know, I I, I tell stories. You know, I was in a meeting. Uh, when I was consulting uh, just, just a few months ago, that I had a, a customer ask me a question in the meeting, and then using my smartphone, uh, I was able to hit uh, one of our larger distribution lists, and I had an answer for the customer within five minutes from the guy who was writing the product. So. Um, We've developed that culture. We reward that culture. It's built into the commitments uh, that we use for for managing our people and rating and doing performance reviews. Mm. Uh, You're rated much, much more on how much you give back to others as far as mutual support than it is your individual technical expertise. Oh, interesting. Um, So we've got this culture of mutual support. Uh, We have programs we call one SME Connect where you can open up your instant messaging client and you can hit – uh, a, a utility that then matches you with a subject matter expert where you may get, you know, two or three days' worth of dedicated support from them uh, to solve a customer problem, or we have these general distribution lists, or we've developed internal networks that we use, you know, as far as people we're comfortable talking to. Um, but we, re- we, we reward that, and as a result, we also have a big investment culturally in mentoring uh, each mm. other. Uh, And, and of course, we can mentor each other for lots of different reasons, career development, uh, maybe exploring a new role that you might be interested in in learning about, right, Uh, um, technical maturity around a product, um, uh, performance improvement, uh, building your brand within the company. So we have lots of different reasons why we do mentoring, uh, but it's all based on our culture of of sharing and how we we reward that to our, our performance review system.
0: I know you've listened to the episode that uh, Stella joined us on a couple weeks ago here on episode 61. And one of the things, of course, she and I both talked about was the importance of having this vision for what the mentoring program should be and what it's doing for the organization and what mentoring is doing for individuals. And I know you're about to roll out a program. Uh, I'm wondering what thinking you've done around this about what your vision for what you want people to gain from mentoring and what if anything you've done to communicate that
1: Well, you know, I just mentioned that I see mentoring/coaching slash and and I know on your show with Stella you kind of drew a distinction between mentoring and coaching. Yep. Um, and, and I don't so much um, because of the, the the kind of way I'm thinking about coaching. So if I'm if I'm um, learning to to basic block and tackling. I might have a coach on my football team that teaches me that one very specific skill. and Or if I'm in an organization trying to learn a new software package for doing invoicing, right? I might have someone that comes over and coaches me with that. But when we look at taking someone and saying, we're developing your technical maturity around, uh, identity management solutions or collaboration solutions for customers, uh, there's a huge range of products that you have to get to know and understand the intricacies of those. You have to understand the business that you're trying to support you know, in the abstract. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's much, much broader when we're talking about picking up and maturing technical skills. So. Uh, I don't really draw that same distinction. So when I look at mentoring, uh, I see someone getting advice and guidance on how to further their career as one model. Uh, I'm looking at someone saying, hey, i'm I'm trying to become uh, an identity management expert. I've been doing something else, and i want I want to broaden my technical scope." Uh, So maybe I'm going to pair up with someone who's very, very good at that. And after I've completed the basic training, they're going to help me mature my skills. They're also going to be a resource for me on my engagements when I'm struggling with how to configure the technologies or apply the technologies to meet a very specific business need. So there's still an element to me of of, it's just the scope of the thing. that's a little bit larger, so it's much more mentoring. Mm. Um, Maybe I'm trying to improve performance. Maybe I was an underperformer last year, and I'm looking for someone that I can confide in and have a good, trusted relationship with that can maybe help me see areas where I can improve performance. So I see different ways of, or different uh, uh, use cases of engaging in this mentoring kind of relationship. And I also want to make sure that um, because it's built into our commitments, if I'm evaluating someone on their uh, um, performance as a mentor, uh, that it's a very rich and rewarding relationship for both parties. Um, You know, it's not, hey, yeah, you know, I'm I'm mentoring so-and-so when we meet once a quarter, or maybe, you know, we had an introductory lunch, I'm getting credit for it, right? Right. Um, It's really more about I want to not just drive. In my profession, we used to talk about, you know, adopting technology bridges, engaging with it, right? I don't want them just to adopt mentoring and sign up to be a mentor and then get credit for their commitment. I want them to engage in the mentoring activity, uh, for the benefit of both individuals, because it's it is, it's, a, it's a symbiotic relationship. Both parties get something out of that.
0: Yeah, and I really like how you're, uh, you know, it sounds like looking at it from the standpoint of the vision is to give people what it is that they need. So that may be different from one of your associates versus a different associate who is has it at different points in their career. So it sounds like part of your vision is really being responsive to the needs of the individual and recognizing that not everyone's at the same place.
1: You know I personally have what I would consider three different mentors that I'm working with right now. One is mentoring me in the my uptake of my new role here as a development manager. Uh, one is mentoring me from a career perspective, uh, and yet another is mentoring me from sort of a uh, dealing with some of the HR specific things I need to learn as being a manager. Hmm. So it's um it's really focused on the outcomes and I might engage with you Uh, from an outcomes perspective to maybe grow my skills as a coach right, Right. Uh, and have the same kind of relationship. I bring my my issues, my concerns, you provide mentoring and coaching and so forth. Uh, Meanwhile, I might have a different relationship with someone else uh, for a very different reason, but it's all outcomes-focused.
0: Yeah. And I really also uh, appreciate you bringing up this distinction between mentoring and coaching. And I remember uh, Stella and I talking about this a little bit. Um, And I I realized, as you mentioned that, Kurt, that I probably haven't done an effective enough job of uh, talking about this on the show is that, uh, and I think you very much are in this camp too, As I see, uh, you know, really these things as skills, you know, coaching, mentoring, training, facilitating uh, but that those can all be done by the same person. So it's just depending on the different conversation that's being had, the situation. Uh, I might be a coach in one moment and then be a mentor in another moment, depending on the need of the other party and the relationship. And so um, I like the fact that you also see that there's a there's a way to kind of integrate both of those, depending on you know what the what the mentee needs or what the customer needs, or depending on the interaction.
1: Well, yeah, I look at the basic process, and, and they're very similar to me. Uh, the the individual being coached or mentored identifies an outcome that they want to have, Mm -hmm. and that translates into an action plan with priorities that then the mentor or coach guides the individual through uh, to achieve the outcomes that they're interested in. And, again, it kind of goes back to what is the scope of what's being asked. If you want to draw a fine line between what mentoring and coaching is, it's the scope. If I'm wanting to understand how to, 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 to issue an invoice, that's coaching. If I want to understand how invoicing works in industry so I can create compelling solutions on top of a complex technology stack, that's more of a mentoring thing because that individual is now guiding me through a process of, of, of sampling lots of different information in order for me to grow and mature my skills in that area.
0: Well, this is a good uh, place for us to transition to looking at impact because you've mentioned outcomes a few times. And um, so I know Stella and I certainly talked about this as well too, is what are you planning to do in order to measure the business impact from your program? Because I know you have some different goals with different people.
1: Boy, that's a loaded question because I was just working with a couple of my peers on that. Um, We do have a commitment. Everyone at Within our organization, has a a what do you call it? Management by objective. We call them commitments mm-hmm. uh, to be a mentor to to others. Uh, obviously, where you're at in your maturity with the organization kind of shapes and defines what it is that you can mentor for. So when I'm looking at at someone executing against that commitment, and, and I want to give them credit for, what I'll be looking for is the richness of the relationship. If I ask them, and if I ask their mentee, are you are you making progress against the outcomes that you set you know for yourself mm-hmm. uh, how often are you meeting are you getting value out of the relationship and i'm getting positive information back from that then that's something that when i go to evaluate that individual's performance you know, they get you know the the credit for for having an ev- for being an effective mentor, if I'm getting feedback, well, you know, we we met once and and we really never got into developing the action plan, and you know, I'm not really sure what my outcomes are or I'm not making progress. Then, then I then I say, well, either we have a mismatch here and we need to find a, a different pairing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it may not be that either one's doing anything wrong; they're just not a good fit, right? Yeah. Uh, or or I need to actually do some coaching uh, of the mentor and and teach them a little bit more about how to be an effective coach.
0: Mm. Uh, so you're looking at it more from the standpoint of the quality of the relationship that's being formed first, and 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 really watching over that versus you know, looking at, you know, maybe some numerical numbers or or things like that of really looking at that relationship first. And if the relationship's good, the assumption is, is that that's going to be adding value, uh, you know, just because of the fact that there's good communication going on.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, as an organization culture, we're so far along the mutual support continuum that it would be difficult for me to say that last year, if I tested my technologists, this is where they would score on some kind of technology exam. Yeah. And based on coaching and mentoring now this year, they've improved to, to a higher level. Um, and I can't really, even if, even if I could, you know, do those kinds of exams, I couldn't attribute the performance improvement solely to the mentoring program because we have so many other channels of education and development within the organization. But what I can say is that, uh, uh, we have a, a measure we call work group health index. And there's a survey we send out every year that measures your satisfaction with your work group. And do you feel supported? And do you feel like, you know, you're making progress towards your career? And, and one of the key questions in that is, you know, do you have effective mentoring relationships? So that's one numeric indicator, but otherwise it's, it's, you know, if I talk to individuals, are they achieving the outcomes that they've set up for that mentoring program? And if they are achieving that, Uh, then that relationship gets a a go. If they're not achieving that, then let's address maybe the dynamics of that relationship or maybe set expectations that maybe your outcomes are unrealistic. But whatever it happens to be, uh, I think everyone, at the end of the day, I'd like to feel comfortable that they've got at least one solid quality mentoring relationship going on, if not multiple ones, based on, on the outcomes they're seeking.
0: One of the reasons Kurt and I had started talking, of course, is, uh, you know, we had talked over email a few times, Kurt, and I was really impressed with um, just the amount of documentation that you had put together around mentoring. This isn't something I often see from leaders of having really thought this through well. And you had sent me over a whole portfolio of documentation and uh, processes and just really had done a lot of good thinking around this. I was really impressed by that. And I know you've, you know, even though you're just rolling out a program now, I know you've done a lot of work around mentoring in the past. And so I'm curious about if you've, you know, if you could give an example of a time you've really seen mentoring help performance or learning a new role or providing career direction um, that would be helpful for our audience to understand the value that this can provide.
1: Well, you know, I'll go way, way back in my past. You know, I, I, you know, came out of college and went straight into the military and, and uh, you know, the Army is, is very good at providing certain kinds of training. It gets you ready to, to put on the uniform and show up for work the first day. Um, but, you know, a young second lieutenant really doesn't understand how the Army works until they've been at it for a while. And I remember uh, reporting to my first duty station and, and really feeling overwhelmed about all the things that were being asked of me, especially when I was dealing with soldiers, you know, who had been in the military before I had even started college or even started high school now I'm supposed to be their manager and leader. Mm. Um, and you know, I went to my boss, uh, the company commander and I said, you know, sir, I'm, I'm, I'm really kind of struggling here and I'm feeling kind of like out of my element and, And uh, he placed a few phone calls and, and, you know, the next day, you know, uh, Lieutenant Susan Lee was knocking on the door and she said, hey, I understand you need some help. And, you know, she'd been in the Army at that point for about four years, just getting ready to make captain. And she had gone through, you know, the kinds of emotions and feelings of inadequacy that I was having. And she was able to sit down and, and really coach me through getting my feet on the ground and was a resource for me. Uh, for about a year, and I really appreciated the support that she provided me. But you know, we said you know, I, we didn't have a formal process. I didn't understand a formal process at that point. Uh, but we were very able, or very easily. Uh, Able to sit down and say, you know, here's the things I'm struggling with. Here's how I think I need to be performing, and then she was able to provide that coaching. So, in a sense, I did go through. Hey, define the outcomes first. Set your priorities. Create your action plan, and then get the guidance as you go through it. So, she was she was fantastic.
0: Hmm, fantastic. Great example. Uh, And I'm curious also too if. You know, you've seen missteps that have happened with mentoring and programs either you've been involved with personally or just things you've seen that you would uh, caution people to avoid or watch out for.
1: Yeah, we used to have an online tool uh, in, in the company here for people to, to sign up to be mentors and for people to sign up to get a mentor. And they would do a, you know, you'd capture these characteristics and then you could log your activity in the tool. Um and I remember sitting, I was up at one of my customers and and another consultant leaned over and said, hey, you know, it's getting to be the end of the year, you know, and I've, I've got a commitment to have a mentor. Hey, can I set you up in a tool to be a mentor? And I said, sure. And he, he you know, keys it in. And I went ahead and started to, to arrange the, the the lunch meeting. He said, no, 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 no. I, I really just needed to get that commitment out of the way. Uh, so I just needed to get it set up in the tool so I could get credit for it, you know. Uh, um, and, and, I, and, and I didn't. I didn't care for that so much. You know, either you're going to want to engage or you're not. Uh, and, I, and I think you know when you're setting up programs and you're metricing, you're metricing people against, well, I can't talk today, um, whether or not they have a mentor or they're being a mentor. You know, you're putting commitments out in front of them. Uh, your your first misstep is to rely on some kind of of tool to give you evidence to check it off. I think you have to dig deeper and peel that onion a little bit and, and ask the probing questions. I don't need to necessarily know. What the two people have talked about, because again, we want to maintain some confidentiality between the parties, uh, so that they're comfortable with each other. But I should be able to discover that is a rich, meaningful relationship, and the parties are getting something out of it before I give people credit. So, my, my caution would be: don't just set up a, a program where it's it's a checkbox kind of scenario.
0: So easy for those types of things to have the unintended consequences. I think that's great advice, Uh, not just mentoring, but any initiative we're doing is to really get to that deeper relationship, that deeper outcome that you mentioned earlier, Kurt. So great advice there. Um, You know, you mentioned uh, Lieutenant Susan Lee as a as a effective mentor for you. I'm wondering, uh, and you may, you know, uh, tell us more about the relationship with her, but who's been a great mentor to you and what did they do that worked so well?
1: Wow. Boy, wish I'd have thought about this question before we got on the call a little bit more.
0: <laughs> or um, maybe what did, what did, uh, Lieutenant Lee do that was at that time for you so helpful? Uh, and, and, and I know you mentioned a little bit about kind of the process he went through, but what is it she did as far as just how she showed up and, and her interactions with you that, that made you feel as though you were able to have a dialogue and actually learn from her?
1: Well, yeah, I think almost instantly, um, she she was able to make me feel that you know, what I was going through was not something that was unique to me that that everyone who comes into the organization initially struggles with mm. and she made me feel very comfortable and we we quickly established a a degree of trust where I felt that I could you know talk to her and share my concerns with her without fear that that was going to somehow get back to my boss I mean most people don't want to share openly with their manager all the time because they're afraid of showing weakness or showing inadequacy, uh, especially with the person that's going to manage uh, their performance review. Um, and had my boss said, hey, well, you know, go talk to the, the executive officer, you know, and, and and he can coach you, it was a little, still a little bit too close, right? So he made sure he reached way outside the organization and found someone uh, that he trusted and that I could trust. Uh. And building that trust relationship, I think, was – the very first step. And then I felt like I could unburden myself uh, with the individual and then have them provide me the coaching I needed over you know, the next two years to, to, to really improve my
0: performance. Kurt Alabak is a professional development manager at a really, really big software company. <laughs> Kurt, <laughs> hey, thanks so much for joining us on Coaching for Leaders. It's been an honor to have you.
1: I've, I've, I've enjoyed the time and thank you so much for the show. I, I, I take back something every day that I can use to to make um, my job easier and, and improve the performance of, of the folks that work for me.
0: Absolutely. My pleasure. One thing I always suggest, I know I sound like a broken record sometimes, but take one thing that you heard from the interview with Kurt and apply it. So whether you are putting together a mentoring program or plan to in the future, whether you are a mentor currently, or maybe you're a mentee currently, or maybe you just like to get involved with mentoring, uh, take one thing you heard from this, this interview with Kurt, and I challenge you to apply it. And if you do that, then you have really invested in your own development and you have improved yourself and you're taking action to become more effective as a leader. So I really encourage you to do that. And by the way, uh, remember the conversation isn't over on the podcast here. You can also jump in on the conversation online. And if you'd like to further comment on this episode or dialogue with me, go to coachingforleaders.com forward slash 63. So that's the number 63. And that'll take you right to the audio link, the show notes for this episode. And at the very bottom of that page, you will see a place where you can add in your own comments and add to the dialogue uh, with the listener community here. And that way, uh, it's a great way to further the conversation if there's more you'd like to know. You can also always call in with comments or questions For me, and that's at 94938Learn. Feel free to call in comments, questions about this episode, or if you have any questions or comments for any future episodes, uh, suggestions on show topics, which I actually have a whole list of I'm working from now, and I'll talk about that here in just a moment. So that's always a great way to reach out to me. You can also reach me by email, if I didn't already say that, at feedback at coachingforleaders.com. So again, feedback at coachingforleaders.com is the best way to reach me by email. I want to just say a quick thank you for two reasons to uh, you, the listeners. Uh, First of all, thank you to everyone who had answered my call a few weeks ago to nominate this show for a podcast award. Thank you to everyone who did that. I know several of you emailed me, uh, sent Facebook messages, sent tweets, Uh, saying you had nominated the show. Good luck. I so appreciate that so much. And I wanted to give you an update. And uh, although we did get a bunch of votes, we did not get nominated for an award. That is okay with me because there's actually some wonderful shows that were nominated in the business category. It is tough competition. And so I would have been quite surprised if we had uh, been nominated the very first year out of the gate. But I'm so glad that folks were so willing and able to just jump on and... Uh, be advocates for the show. I so appreciate it. So thank you if you took a moment to nominate the show. And if you did that and you hadn't already emailed me to let me know, please do. I'd love to thank you in person and just uh, and get to know you as well and learn more about how I can serve you in the show. And speaking of which, I also wanted to say a huge thank you to all the people who had submitted stories for last week's episode, number 62, the Great Leader episode, I got a lot of wonderful feedback online about that. And also, thank you to those of you who passed along the show to other Folks, uh, I know a number of folks really enjoyed hearing a lot of different voices on the episode. And actually, that's one of the things uh, I'd love some feedback on as well, too, is uh, one thing I am thinking about adding into the show is a either a uh, regular or semi-regular question and answer segment to the show. So we always get uh, an opportunity for you, the listener, to call, ask questions of me, Bonnie, whoever the guest is, and incorporate that into the show. If that's something that you would like, send me an email or give me a call. I'd love to hear your feedback on that. And that way we can continue to add value to your leadership development in whatever way is most appropriate. Hey, if this show has been helpful to you, would you take a moment, if you're an iTunes user, to hop onto iTunes and leave us a written review? It will help us to keep this show visible and help more people to find this show. And if you are using iTunes and are willing to do that, go to coachingforleaders.com forward slash iTunes, and that will take you right to the link where you can write a written review on iTunes. If you decide to do that, thank you so much. And again, please let me know if you do. I'd love to thank you personally. I also want to say a big thank you to uh, several people, Barbara Etienne, Annette Held, Steve Granger, and a special thank you to Muhammad Al Khalifa, I am hope I'm saying your name right, Muhammad. All of those folks had liked our Facebook page this week for Coaching for Leaders. And Muhammad had, was actually the 100th person to like our Facebook page. So our community's growing faster and faster every week. Muhammad, thank you especially for doing that. And uh, Muhammad, get in touch with me. I've I got a little, uh, a little something for you just as a thank you. So send me an email, feedback at coachingforleaders.com. <music> Hey, there's updates and more resources on our newsletter as well. If you'd like to get my newsletter, and in addition for subscribing to the newsletter, the 10 books that will make you a better leader and the recommendations for that, go to coachingforleaders.com forward slash subscribe. That'll take you right to the link where you can subscribe to the newsletter. Lots more tools, resources, valuable information for you there. Hey, a reminder that the link for the show notes is on our website, coachingforleaders.com forward slash 63. And this episode, the show, airs every single Monday morning. So come back for another episode next Monday. We have a ton of listener topics that I'm going to be hitting in the next few weeks. So stick around and remember wherever you are in the world, whatever's on your agenda today, take one idea from this show to engage and develop someone you lead. Have a great week.